Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, disciple of the goddess, and Venus in Sagittarius. And I'm Karak Morinaga, web designer, media content creator, and yoga teacher. Every week we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga principle, philosophy, or theme. Today's topic is Shiva Nataraja, which translates into Shiva, Lord of the Dance. The Shiva Nataraja is a Hindu Murti. A Murti is a statue that depicts a Hindu god or goddess or other important figure within the religion. Hinduism is one of the oldest religions possibly dating back to 4,000 years ago or earlier. I don't think we really know exact dates. Some of the oldest surviving Hindu texts are dated back to uh, 1700 BCE. Shiva can be found in, in some of those early texts. Shiva is one of the most important, if not the most important, God in Hinduism, although there are many. There are many incarnations of God. There are even many incarnations of Shiva. Shiva is just one of the most common and probably the most broad figures that represents the entire universe, that represents everything in creation. And the Shiva Nataraja Muerti is a very specific statue that you may have seen. You may have seen this statue in a yoga studio. You may have seen photos of it. You may even know someone who has a Shiva Nataraja. I have a really lovely Shiva Nataraja that I really love. And it's, it's a good couple feet tall. It's made of metal. I, I don't think it's actually bronze. It's beautiful and it has so much symbolism in it that I really, love what it represents. And even though I have this statue of Shiva, I am not, I don't follow the Hindu religion and I don't pray or worship to Shiva, but I love what the icon stands for. I love the symbolism. I love what the Shiva Nataraja represents. And there's so much to learn from it. That's why it's the topic today. Yeah, Shiva is one half of Shiva Shakti, which we discussed in a previous episode that you can listen to. And Shiva can also be thought of as the divine masculine, so the, the masculine energy of the universe. And he represents the the sort of pure consciousness that provides the ultimate ground of being for which Shakti comes in and manifests all that, all that manifests. So Shiva is this, is, is pure potential and, and structure for the universe to materialize upon itself. And so this Muerti is this really beautiful symbolic um, subject that we can devote our practice 
too, and if we so desire, and also find a lot of really interesting symbols related to the universe. I've heard that the Shiva Nataraja is one of the most produced statues in the world. So there are millions of Shiva Nataraja statues out there, and they come in all sizes and slightly different variations depending on who the artist is or was. I have, in addition to the, the larger Shiva Nataraja that I have, I also have like a little two inch tall one. It's a little miniature version that's really cool as well. Your and travel Shiva Nataraja. Travel Shiva Nataraja, exactly. If you want to, if you want to see an image of this statue that we're referring to, you can just Google Shiva Nataraja. It's S-H-I-V-A and then Nataraja's N-A-T-A-R-A-J-A. Or if you just go to yogachitchat.com, the Shiva Nataraja is the first image that comes up on our website as well. So this is how important it is to us, to Yoga Chit Chat. Just the iconography and the symbolism is so rich that uh, we felt like it really represented the, the podcast. Um, we don't use it like as a, as a logo or anything like that, but it's just, it's the image that's on the website. It's beautiful and it represents so much that we felt really connected to it. And then the image that's on the website is, is actually my Shiva Nataraja. That's the one that I, I have in my house and we just used it for the website splash page. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that. So let's go through and like you said, the depictions of Shiva, of Shiva Nataraja tend to be the same with, with some variations but there are these symbols that tend to be pretty universal and they correspond to some pretty deep interpretations of the universe. So the Shiva Nataraja, just to give you uh, a visual, if you happen to only be listening, it's a statue of Shiva and, and he's dancing, wildly dancing. And even though it's a statue that's static, you really get this feeling of motion and aliveness just looking at the statue, at least when you're looking at a really good one. There's a lot happening in the statue. It's, it's busy in a way where there's so many different little details, but at the same time, it's very elegant and comes together as one big piece. The statue is Shiva dancing, and Shiva has four arms in many Hindu murtis. Gods will have more than two arms because they're gods. And so that's how you can kind of tell that this is a god, the divine form of Shiva because of the extra arms. And Shiva's dancing wildly, and part of the motion that you get from the statue from the art is that you see Shiva's, he has these giant dreadlocks spreading out from his head and they're, they're in motion as Shiva is dancing and moving from side to side. The dreadlocks are swaying around him and you can see them as he's, as he's dancing wildly. 
the symbolism of the dreadlocks is interesting from what I read, which is from a book that we often reference, Tantra Illuminated. The dreadlocks are a way of evoking the ancient Indian tradition of sort of wandering spiritual people on the path who often had dreadlocks. And it's a symbol of dedication to the path. By having dreadlocks, it's that that devotion to spiritual practice, which apparently also means that you're so busy practicing, you don't need to wash your hair. The Shiva Nataraja is also surrounded by a circle of flames. The flames represent the infinite, represent the whole of existence, and and hence the circle, and hence the flames. And then Shiva is stepping out from the infinite to manifest as as the dancer, as the dance itself. The fire, to me, also from what I read represents dissolution or sort of destruction. And it's a symbol of what has manifest dissolving back into the ground, back into the pure potential. And again, Shiva is this icon of the pure potential of creation. And so fire reminds us of this destructive power of the universe. We have this fire and the motion of Shiva's dreadlocks and Shiva's dancing wildly, this ecstatic dance of creation. And at the same time, when you look at the face of Shiva in the Shiva Nataraj, Shiva's face is very almost stoic or clear, very focused. He doesn't have like a, a grimace or, um, you know, a wild face, he's calm, he's steady in, in the circle of fire, in the dance, in the, the motion. Uh, Shiva is very calm. He's holding it together, even though he's balancing all aspects of the universe. The dance represents the dance of creation. And Shiva in Hinduism represents the universe. Shiva is the universe. Shiva is one of, if not the main God within Hinduism. And again, Shiva has different incarnations. So we'll have different versions and different avatars for Shiva. One of the central figures in Hinduism is Shiva. And Shiva is responsible for creating the universe, for sustaining the universe, for destroying the universe, and has these five acts of creation. And then within the Shiva Nataraja, we'll see the symbolism of the five acts within the different hands, the four hands, and as it turns out, his lifted foot. So one foot is on the ground, he's balancing on a dwarf, we'll talk about that later. Uh, And then the other leg is lifted in in the dance. The Nataraja's upper right hand holds a two-headed drum, the Damaru, which represents the vibratory power of creation. The dynamic source of the drum is, we call it Spanda. Spanda means pulsation. 
And it's this vibration that creates the universe, this energy that is the universe. So in the upper right hand, Shiva holds this drum, and it's this beating of the drum that manifests everything into creation. And it's a, it's a constant drumming that represents the constant pulsation or sponda of the universe. In the tantric philosophy, everything is spirit. And then the way that spirit then steps down into different forms is the vibrations just slow down. So at the highest vibration, at the highest frequency, we have the unmanifest. And then as the vibrations slow down, we, they take form and they become more solid things. They become everything in the universe down to things that seem very still, like physical solid objects. But even within those solid objects, there are little vibrations at the subatomic level. So that drum really is this symbol of the vibratory power of Shiva stepping down from the unmanifest into the manifest world. Yes. If you want to, if you're interested in pulsing and vibrations, definitely check out our episode on Spanda. Okay. Moving on. He also has an open palm that is, is facing the viewer. And this is the hand that is making a gesture of fearlessness. It's, it's, it looks like a hand if you were holding it up to say stop. And it represents the power of protection and sustenance and stasis. The form of the hand is sometimes referred to as the Abhaya Mudra. It's as though Shiva is saying, fear not for I am sustaining you. It reveals that he is friendly towards creation and then that he is sustaining his creation. That's a big one because many might argue that the universe doesn't feel so friendly sometimes. And I really like this as a reminder. There is this, this universal energy that's reminding us that it is friendly, that it is, there is nothing to fear. And Shiva embodies this and reminds us that the universe has the universe desires for us to reach the highest intentions of consciousness and bliss. And if we fall off the path, then things aren't going to be so fun. So within the process of creation, Shiva first creates the universe and then everything in the universe is then maintained or sustained for a given period of time. Some things have a longer lifespan or remain sustained for a longer period of time and other things it's much shorter but shiva is responsible for that maintenance act for keeping things together for sustaining the universe and everything in it moving on to a different hand which is facing downward so that his palm is toward his torso and his fingers are pointing down this is the hand that represents concealment. Um, 
and we often talk about you know the the pulsation between concealment and revelation and this hand reminds us that the the human experience is about one of our divinity being concealed and then the moments of revelation and awakening where we remember our divinity only to be followed by forgetting and concealing and moving through this pulsation for the duration of our experience in these forms and then the ones likely coming afterwards. Really the concealment is of the fact that we are part of Shiva and Shiva is a part of us, that we have a divine nature and we often forget, we forget and we think that we're only our physical form. We think that we're only bound to this world and we forget that we are consciousness and bliss and light and energy and spirit. Part of that is because Shiva is concealing that from us. I think it's really cool that the same hand that is concealing Shiva's heart, so that arm is in front of Shiva's heart, concealing that truth from us that we are connected at the heart to Shiva to the universe, to consciousness. And that same hand has an outstretched finger that is pointing towards Shiva's foot, the lifted foot. And that same concealment, the hand that's turned, the palm is facing away from the viewer, on that same hand, his finger is pointing towards the next symbol, which is Shiva's foot. And Shiva's foot then represents revelation. And so the same hand that's concealing points the way to revealing, to grace. I love that. I did not realize that about the pinky. That's really, really beautiful. And such a nice reminder to sort of pull it into our human experience a little bit, to remember that when we feel like our truth is concealed and it feels very dark or, and we don't know exactly what direction to turn in. There is metaphorically speaking, a little pinky pointing us to in the direction of revelation in the direction of remembering our divinity. And so in that revelation and concealment, become actually one thing. They become these two interdependent parts of a whole system of concealing and revealing and concealing and revealing. And yeah, that's, that's really lovely. I didn't realize that. Without the concealment, there would be no revelation. The revelation really, again, just reminding us of our divine nature, of our connection to consciousness, to Shiva, to something greater. Shiva is responsible for that, both for the concealment and the revelation. So giving us those moments where we understand and we have clarity and we have moments where we feel expanded and aware, that too is Shiva. Really everything is Shiva. Just one more example I want to offer when it comes to revelation concealment is when you think about the practice of wrapping presents, you know, you, you conceal the present for the joy of opening the present. 
it would be a lot more practical and more environmentally friendly actually if we didn't wrap presents but we wrap them we conceal them to experience the delight that comes with revealing what they are and so that's this very microcosmic version of then what's happening on a universal level so moving on to Shiva's other foot, which is rooted on the ground, we move to connection, to stability, to groundedness, to, um, to really being rooted. The bottom leg stands on a demon or the little dwarf that I mentioned earlier, referred to as a dwarf, maybe just because it's so much smaller than Shiva. And this demon represents ignorance. And Shiva has defeated the demon, displays this by standing on top of the demon. The revelation that Shiva offers with the lifted leg is in contrast to the standing leg that is standing solidly upon or over ignorance. And then the lifted leg is revelation, is knowledge, and is separate from the, the standing leg. Would we say that the demon or dwarf is symbolic of ego? I think it could be interpreted that way, sure. And this is just coming to me now, so check me if this doesn't sound right, but his foot is balanced by ego. Like it's, it's steady on top of it, it's grounded in it, but it's also trying to it's also kind of stabilizing it. The standing foot is keeping ignorance at bay, is keeping ignorance still underneath it, almost trapping, trapping ignorance underfoot, so to speak. We could think of ignorance as the ego and Shiva's overcoming ego or ignorance with, and by standing on it. Right. But what I'm seeing also is that he's balanced by it. And often in spiritual texts outside of tantric philosophy, we'll talk about ego like it's a bad thing. And yet it's what he's balanced on. And so in order for us to be human, we need ego to differentiate ourselves from the other, from the pure potential of everything else. So to me, it's it's both like suppressing it, but also being balanced on top of it in sort of a paradoxical way. Does that check out? I think you could interpret it that way. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm, yeah. I, I, think the, I think that's great, Phoebe. I think it's you're taking the symbolism and then almost weaving your own interpretation or story and it totally fits with a lot of what we study in yoga i've just not heard i've just not heard that tied to the shiva nataraja before but doesn't mean that's wrong sure right it's all it's all philosophizing anyway but yeah just to to round out that point we'll often look at ego as a demon that we want to completely get rid of but ego is what Ego is what enables us to embody these forms and differentiate ourselves from the divine. 
we don't want ego to completely overcome us in a way that we are ignorant and we are blind to our divinity, but we also don't want to completely rid ourselves of ego because then we lose our sense of self, we lose our um, experience of being this individual, this incarnation. And so for me, what I'm seeing is sort of the, the duality of both being balanced by the ego, but also maintaining a, um, maintaining a sort of a balance with it. It is interesting that ignorance is important enough to be even in the Murti, in the statue. You could have the entire piece of art or the entire symbol without ignorance at the bottom, but it's important enough to include. So the Shiva Nataraja is generally standing upon this demon of ignorance. Right. Ignorance is part of the universe too. The last hand holds a flame. As the viewer is looking at the statue, it is the far right hand and the flame inside in Shiva's hand represents destruction. The last act of the five acts of Shiva. So the five acts are creation, maintenance, concealment, revelation, and dissolution or destruction. The flame represents reabsorption of the world back into consciousness. The flame in the hand is on roughly the same level as the hand with the drum, which represents creation. So creation and dissolution or creation and destruction are equal. One is not better or higher than the other. So the destruction hand really represents the completion of the five acts of Shiva or the cycle of creation. What you said about creation and destruction being equal, that's a big one. Like it's creation and construction. One is no more or less important than the other. I also look at this fire and think of it as sort of the, sort of like recycling consciousness in a sense. It's, it's going through this same cycle and then this is the end. It's dissolved and dissolves back into the pure potential of what can then manifest next and go through the five acts. But I think to just to think about, you know, so often we, we look at destruction as tragic or bad and, and sometimes it is and creation is always being glorious and, and great. And sometimes it is, but also sometimes not. And we need both creation and destruction to keep things balanced, to keep things in cycles. And so I like that that's um, symbolized here with the position of his hands. And so we're reminded that creation and destruction are really two sides of the same coin. In addition to all of that happening in the Murti, there are several snakes that are coiled around Shiva's limbs, and there's one even around his waist. The snakes that coil around him symbolize three things, power, mastery over temptation, and spiritual awareness. 
In Hinduism, snakes are said to be the most feared animals. The fact that they surround Shiva and do not disturb him as he dances reveals that he is not afraid and that he has mastery over the most terrifying aspects of life. Snakes also symbolize temptation, similar to the role of snakes in Western philosophy or religions. Uh, Shiva's dominance of the snakes shows that he has overcome temptation. Another meaning of the snake has to do with uh, spiritual awakening. In tantric philosophy, the snake is a coiled energy at the base of the spine. And when that coiled energy, that kundalini shakti is released, uncoiled, we have revelation. We move beyond our physical boundaries as the coiled snake uncoils or is freed. Snakes are often associated with spiritual freedom. I always think of snakes as symbolic of awakening. And, and so that feels like it rings true here. And it makes me think of my, I've never been a snake charmer, so I can't be sure. But my sense is that people who are snake charmers have a level of awakening that enables to connect with snakes in a way that, that helps them to see that the snake isn't totally different from themselves. And so that's probably why they feel safe to, on some level, like meta communicate to the snake that there is a similarity. And so the fact that Shiva is adorned by snakes shows his connection with what can be one of the most feared and terrifying creatures, but that is still a part of himself. I also read that it represents his connection with nature, mastery of the dangers and challenges of embodiment. Did you also have something on the demon above Shiva's head? So it's representing the river Ganges. Through the top of Shiva's head flows the sacred river Ganga, which is a river in India. And it is believed that the river flows through his head and then onto earth. And so Therefore, it's through Shiva that heaven and earth are connected. I love the symbolism, all of it. And the Shiva Nataraja that I have is a very important piece. It's the central piece in the puja, the little altar that I have, that I usually do my meditation in front of this altar and Shiva is the central Figure. And then in addition to Shiva, I have a couple of other super important symbols, little statues next to Shiva. And one is Spider-Man. And then the second one is Yoda. And not that I follow any kind of Spider-Man or Star Wars religion, but those are very important symbols in my life. And I love the iconography and I love the symbolism of those two figures as much as I love the image and the symbolism of the Shiva Nataraja. 
I study tantric philosophy and I try to live my life and teach in a way that follows a lot of those teachings and practices, but I don't have a specific religion. I don't consider myself a worshiper of Shiva, but I sure do like the statue. Yeah, there's so much amazing symbolism. And I love that you mentioned that you keep him next to Spider-Man and Yoda, because in some ways, Shiva is like the original action figure in a sense. And to me, I just love the idea of Shiva as infinite potential, because in our day-to-day, when we can get really caught up in our sort of stories and narratives about what the future is going to look like because of things that have already happened. One way that I sort of check myself is to remember the virtues of Shiva, which is infinite potential, all of the magic that has the potential to manifest, given that I do my part and stay devoted to the practice. I'm probably not gonna get dreadlocks though. Just to put a little asterisk there. Um, But yeah, given that I stay devoted to the practice, given that I stay balanced with my ego and also connected to it because it's a part of me, and also that I, as a human, will forget my divinity and remember it millions of times throughout this lifetime. So there's so much here. And I, I really love it as an icon, as an idea as well. We would love to hear about your experience with Shiva Nataraja, if you own one, if you're intrigued. I'll be posting some images on Instagram of Shiva as we launch this episode so that you can see different variations of it. And as always, we would love to hear from you. Please follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at yoga.chit.chat. Um, Like we said in the beginning of the episode, um, we'd love your support uh, over Patreon. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. We'll chat with you next time.